Everybody say this with me. Prayer works. How many people believe that? Prayer works. The angel showed up, right? To Daniel, and he said, from the first, from the first moment, your words were heard. I believe. I believe. I believe. My family is not a plaything for darkness. That's right. I'll say it one more time. My family is not a plaything. Now, if you saw your loved ones actually being played with like puppets, you might be a little bit more aggressive. Now, I know the prodigal's coming home. To so just make sure that he shouldn't already have been here. And it's devils that are actually holding him or her back. Ask the Lord. How many people can hear the wisdom in that? Ask the Lord. Ask the Lord what's working. Say to the Lord, pray prayers like I pray. I said, Lord, I've prayed about this for quite some time. What is it? What is the issue? What is it? What is it? How many people know that he is obligated to show you? How many people would agree with that? Because if there's something there, he will help you deal with it. I know. I know it's been a lot over this last few weeks, but it's glorious. To hear what's happening in people's lives. No matter what person I've talked to, they said whatever has happened over this last period of time, it's amazing. I had ministers contact me today and said, Pastor, your messages on Leviathan revealed to us what it was that was against us. And you helped us deal with it correctly. How many people know that's an amazing thing? Because that's not only for pastors, that's for a whole church. (laughs) So I'll run the risk of one getting offended to free the rest. This side clapped, this side didn't. I'm telling you again, I will run the risk of one getting offended because there will be many that will be grateful. Many that will be grateful. How many people understand that? 
I also made a statement, and I'm working at this message before the Lord. I made a statement last week, and I'm working at it. And uh, once I have the mother load on it, I will bring it. But it was, it is the message, no more eunuchs. And how Jezebel makes eunuchs out of people. The man took away their ability to reproduce, be productive. And so, no productivity in our lives can absolutely be the sign that there's a Jezebelic spirit at work. I, I, maybe some people don't want to hear this stuff. I do. Because I want everything working that can work. Because I came to the place that to pray as hard as we pray and as long as we pray and, and as fervently as we pray and as dedicated as we are to prayer, people should be seeing more. It's the truth. So therefore the question is, then what else is at work? Because if you're building your faith, your faith is working. See, the, 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 where the rubber meets the road is this, is that when you can put your hand over your heart and you say that I am diligently serving the Lord. I am diligently in his word. I am diligently seeking his face. I am diligently given time to his leading. Now you're positioned. You can't run through this like a chicken through the yard. It's not a burst of discernment. It's a lifestyle of discernment. It's not a burst of wisdom. It's a lifestyle of wisdom. It's not a momentary victory. It's the confidence and the knowing that when I do life God's way, I have the victory every single time. The victory is assured. Say that with me. The victory is assured. Is that a good word? Say it again. The victory is assured. Now, it may not look like it at times, but then when the inquiring of the Lord takes place, what is it, Lord? I think that must be one of the most spoken things for me. What is it? What is it that I have to do? We're still trying to receive the tithes and offerings. <laughs> I would have forgotten completely if it wasn't for Anne sitting with hugging the buckets in the second row. 
Holy. I was going to say holy moly. <laughs> Those moles are definitely not holy. Let's go ahead and receive tonight's tithes and offerings. In the name of Jesus, thank you all for your precious, precious, precious hearts to serve the church and to serve these precious people. And most of all, the Lord. Hallelujah. It is going to be so important, guys, as you go into this new year, because I sense it, that you watch for offense at every turn. Now, one of the things that I heard the Lord say to me was this, and I brought it a couple of weeks ago, is the offense of being overlooked. This can happen in marriages. This can happen family. This can happen in the workplace. It can happen anywhere where you feel like you were overlooked or you feel like you should have been spoken to before someone else was. Watch your heart. I see this. The enemy is going to try and come at some of you to make you feel like you've been excluded and overlooked. And that will try to extract you from the plan and the purpose of God for your life. I honestly believe that if Eliab had have guarded his heart from offense in 1 Samuel 17, I know you all read your Bibles and you know the stories well. 1 Samuel 17, David gets to the front line of the battle and he brings the food from the father. David and the father had nothing else in their heart other than David was obedient to the leading of the father to feed the brothers. That was it. That was it. I've shown up so many places and done so many things and the innocence of my heart was met with different things, accusations, irritations. It's a horrible thing that when the innocence of a heart shows up and it's met with anti, and you're there with the purity of motive, and you're met with the grunt of resentment. Now you have to understand is that your insecurities are not anybody else's issue. And the enemy works on that to get a foothold. Or anything that would make you even feel less of or inferior of your position or title or whatever. And Eliab felt that he was completely overlooked. So instead of him getting the better of it, it festered in him. And then when it came to the moment where he and his brother could have really shone, 
Eliab, the elder brother, could have grabbed David and said, you think you can do this? I watched you getting anointed. You, you think this is it? You think you can do this? Can we take him? Eliab asked him, what is it that you're here for? What is your ulterior motive? And David responded saying, what have I done now? In other words, this is not the first time that this resentment within Eliab was challenged. God gave Eliab several times to get free from this by David's words. Because every time you feel that resentment come up, that's an opportunity for you to, get, to give it away. It's not, it's not the recognition of the ugly that lurks within. It's the realization that when the ugly presents itself, I have an opportunity to get free from it. It's not feeling bad that you feel resentment. I don't like feeling resentful. But when you feel it, it's an opportunity to get rid of it. Because when it comes to the surface is when it can be taken away. Come on, guys. Refiner's fire. Gold is heated and heated and heated. And the... The dirt, the impurities come to the surface and is what? Sieved away. Right? So it's when the ugly that lurks within comes to the surface. Is when you can give it away, not use it. So we're not afraid of the ugly. We're not afraid that resentment may be there. But when it wants to manifest, that's the time to hook it and throw it out and say, you'll never bother me again. Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good? Unfortunately, Eliab didn't. And I know that in this season, in this time, the enemy's going to use this. And I'm, I'm forewarning you, forearming you. Anybody else of all those people that listen to this throughout the week? I'm forewarning you and forearming you not to go that way. David's response to Eliab, the older brother, the resentment, all of those different things was, is there not a cause? He didn't come in swinging like, oh! He just simply responded and he said, is there not a cause? How many people believe that there is a cause in our lives to do the plan and the purpose of God? Amen. Now, giants present themselves in land that you're supposed to take. Whoa, that's right. Who said that? <laughs> giants present themselves. I'm going to move you to the front row. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you get on the front row. The, the louder you shout... Giants present themselves in the land that you're supposed to take, conquer. Amen. So things manifest in our lives. I'm not afraid of the manifestation. I just need to know what to do with it when it manifests. 
Now, I'm not saying that these are all devils. I'm just saying is that there are works of the flesh that we crucify, and we can crucify it, but there is that which is sieved and taken away. We don't have to deal with that anymore. <laughs> Amen. Now, what the general is, is that we don't deal with it. And so therefore it goes on year after year after year after year after year. And one resentment then is what? Built upon another resentment and then another resentment. And before you realize it, you're actually listening through the filter of resentment. So no matter what good that person now does in your life is always through the filter of resentment or caution. I can't drop my guard too low because they did me this way before. Hallelujah. But if you know what you're dealing with, but yeah. pat on the back and the clap for David is that he didn't allow the scorn, saw it for what it was, and said, you know what? You can act the way you want to act, but we can't stand here forever being tormented because all of us are being tormented by the same giant. So there has to be somebody somewhere that's going to take the giant out. I want you to lift your hand and say, that's me right there. You're going to take the giants in, out in your own life, the ugly that lurks from, from within, presents itself. I've said to several people over the last period of time is that what's happening right now is the revealing of obstacles in our lives and God is clearing the path and the outworking of pluck up the stone from the highway is manifesting in our lives. Those things that want to trip us up those things that want to snare us over and over and over again. Hallelujah. So I want you to shout it out. I'm getting freer than what I've ever been before. Now, I've also said is that in this time that we're living is that we're going to have to watch our mouths. Your mouth will reveal also what you carry inside. Is this okay for you tonight? Your mouth will reveal also what's going on in the inside. You'll be able to cloak it for a time. But if you don't deal with it, it will eventually come out. The more familiar you become with that person, the more easily it will become for you to tell them, what is in your heart. And there are things in you that you must never speak about. You are to guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the forces and the issues of life. In other words, you must never, on a vulnerable day, give your opponent power over you. How do you do that? By saying too much. Hallelujah. So I declare over you 
that the sensitivity of awareness of what you say is becoming real to you. How many people receive that? You do know that not everybody can handle you. And I realize that not everybody can handle me. But that's okay. As long as they get the God part, we're good. David kept going. We know the story. He took out the giant, kept going, took out the brothers, and there was a tremendous victory. I declare over your lives, great victories await you in 2023. I'm going to say it one more time. Great victories await you in 2023. We'll try it one more time. Great victories await you. So, so before I ever bow my knee to pray, I already know that as I speak, God hears me. Wow. And from the moment that I speak, angels are already helping me. That is Bible. Someone can come to you and they could say something like this to you. Do you I don't really like how pastor's ministering this last two weeks. They could start working at you. What do you think? Do you think all that's necessary? Now, how many people knows what's at work right there? What's at work is spiritual to stop you from your impending freedom. Your freedom is imminent. And Satan is afraid that he is about to lose you and your clan once and for all. I brought you to the scripture, Job 3, verse 8. I'd like you to go there, please. Job 3, verse 8. We're talking about the blood and the sword, but I just want to go here, and I want you to see this. Is this okay for you tonight? Yes. It's 25. How many people's learning at least one thing or two? Come on, two or three. Thank God. There was a lot of hands went up there. Thank you. I, I make no claim to know a lot, honestly. I, I, just, I just settle myself before the Lord and say, okay, Lord, what is it that we need to do and what do we need to say? Right. You know, other ministers can do what they do, and they do it wonderfully well. And if, I, if they're allowed the, you know, the opportunity to do what they do, then I'm allowed the opportunity to do what I do. Yes. Amen? And it all complements. Amen? So Job 3, remember this in verse 8 when I was ministering to you about that spirit, Leviathan? And it said, let those curse it who curse the day who are skilled in rousing up Leviathan. Now write in there, please, Isaiah, uh, no, Job 41 and Isaiah 27, I believe it is. So that you'll have it going forward now. So what people do is that they rouse these things by the words that they say. 
In other words, you curse yourself. I, I would strongly suggest to you that you spend a day in the Spirit or time in the Spirit breaking and destroying curses that you've spoken over yourself. How many people can receive that? How many people believe that would probably be an advantage? How many people have at least said one thing about yourself that was detrimental? How many people have ever heard someone else say about you that was detrimental? That's too close for comfort. But every one of us from time to time wants to curse ourselves. And this is what rouses things and gives the enemy a foothold. Well, I declare it, no weapon formed against us. Oh, I felt the Holy Ghost there. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Even in your marriages, please get to the stage that you stop cursing each other. Stop cursing each other. You're cursing each other. You're setting yourself up for a fall. You're setting yourself up for divorce courts. Never, never ever expose your spouse. Never speak derogatory to another person about your spouse. It's the worst. Never put your spouse down in front of people. We can laugh, we can carry on, but never intentionally put them down. This is a good word. Because you are enacting Stuff that does not need to be at work. And when you constantly expose to others the wrong of another person, you really are only revealing yourself. When you're married nearly 32 years, you get to the stage where you stop fighting the small stuff and realize that you actually complement in a greater way than what you realize. There's a period of time of that 32 years that you think that you can change the other person to be as strong as you were you're strong. Because we like everybody to be as strong as we are in the strengths that we have. Try this side over here. And when they don't come up as strong in an area as we are, then we see that as a strike against. Then we start looking for, well, it must be your background, your upbringing. It's this, it's that. And so they all could be contributing factors. But the other person in your marriage is definitely stronger in areas that you're not. So why is it that we always have to land where the weaknesses are? You can see what's behind it. 
The working of darkness is clearer than what you know. It's very sinister. But you must not play with it. And you must not allow it to play you. I learned, and I'm learning, that when you can focus on a person's strength and make them stronger in that area, then someone else where they are weak can come and take up the slack. So therefore, everything is covered by everyone utilizing their strengths. It takes no level of a person to home in on the weakness and the negativity and the wrong. It takes another type of person that can focus on what good actually is at work. Help me, Father, in the name. Pardon me? 1 Corinthians 13. Beverly's taken over and I preaching. 1 Corinthians 13. <laughs> Believe the best. Go with me, Galatians 3, please. I'm going to let you go here. <laughs> you know, someone's asking, Pastor, why do, why do you always keep it to like the two-hour mark or less on a Sunday morning? Because we have mercy on the children's ministers. How many people knows that's good? I mean, you know what your children's like. So why would you want them to be with children's ministers more than two hours? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Moving right along. Hallelujah. Let's, let's uh, read from verse 1, please. Oh, you poor and silly and thoughtless and unreflecting and senseless Galatians, who has fascinated or bewitched or cast a spell over you, unto whom right before your very eyes. Now, this is the Galatian church, and we're talking about spells. So a lot of people, they want to argue the point and say, well, you know, I just don't know if I believe all of this. Whether you believe it or not, it's at work. Who has fascinated or bewitched or cast a spell over you unto whom right before your very eyes Jesus Christ the Messiah was openly and graphically set forth and portrayed as crucified. Listen to how he's working now. Paul says, let me ask you this one question. Do you ever hear me say that in here? Can I ask you a question? Well, Paul did that too. That's just not me. Paul did that. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit as a result of obeying their law, the law or doing its works? Or was it by hearing the message of the gospel and believing it? Was it from observing a law of rituals or from a message of faith? Are you so foolish and so senseless and so silly, having begun your new life spiritually with the Holy Spirit, are you now reaching perfection by dependence on the flesh? Have you suffered so many things and experienced so much all for nothing to no purpose if it really is to no purpose and is in vain? Then does he who supplies you with his marvelous Holy Spirit and works powerfully and miraculously among you 
do so on the grounds of your doing what the law demands or because of your believing in and adhering to and trusting in and relying on the message that you heard. Still in the question. Verse 6. Thus Abraham believed in and adhered to and trusted in and relied on God, and it was reckoned and placed to his account and credited his righteousness as conformity to the divine will in purpose, thought, and action. 7. Look at this. Know and understand that it is really the people who live by faith who are the true sons of Abraham. Shout it out. That's me right there. I live by faith. Say the just live by faith. Say my faith is growing every day as I set my mind on things which are above and read and speak God's word. Faith is increasing. How many people believe this? Say it again. Faith is increasing. Faith is a vehicle. Is that correct? All right. So is your vehicle getting larger? It better. Peggy said her faith's a tank. I'm on a coast. And the scripture foreseeing, verse 8, that God would justify, declare righteous, put on right standing with himself, the Gentiles in consequence of faith proclaimed the gospel foretelling the glad tidings of a Savior long beforehand to Abraham in the promise saying, in you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. In you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. I declare over you that Tulsa is blessed by you. Come on, say it again. Tulsa is blessed by me. Do you believe that tonight? Oklahoma is blessed by you. Come on. America is blessed by you. You speak the blessing over the United States of America. You speak the blessing. <laughs> Watch that you don't curse it. amazes me all these people on the soccer pitches of the World Cup that want to take a knee for all of these agendas and yet it's hard to get a believer to take the knee for the greatest cause of eternity it's time the church got on their knees again I'm telling you, it's time you got on your knees again. Do you spend time alone with God on your knees? Why can't you do it in church? Well, you can't do it on that slope, Pastor. That would just absolutely <laughs> pull the glutes clean out of you. Hallelujah. Well, we'll be praying over your glutes. <laughs> Say, my glutes are anointed <laughs> to withstand knee praying. Hallelujah. <laughs> Look at this, verse 9. So then those who are people of faith are blessed and made happy and favored by God as partners in fellowship with the believing and trusting Abraham and all who depend on the law who are seeking to justify the law 
by obedience to the law of rituals are under a curse and doomed to disappointment. I want you to shout it out. That is not me. Shout it out. I will never never be doomed doomed to disappointment. disappointment. That's a great declaration, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, shout it out again. I will never never be doomed doomed to disappointment. I was speaking to somebody today, you know, is that they were believing for something. They were working at something. They were being diligent with this. And they were having a conversation with me. And they said, Pastor, you know, it's like a, a a low ball was threw in there. And it's like a mocking thing because what they said is now they've changed it to something else. And my response is, if you trust the Lord, you will not be disappointed. How many people know in this life that people can change what they say? Your trust not in the man. Your trust is in the ever-living God. Oh, come on. God, I'm going, God makes a way where there always seems to be no way. I will say it again. God always makes a way. Ask me how I know. I've seen God open up a way for me and my family over and over and over and over and over and over again. How many people believe that he's doing that for you? Come on, all of you youth, all of you younger ones, I don't care what obstacle presents itself to you and what mind lies and twists and turns. I'm telling you, God is faithful. Shout it out, God is faithful. There is always a way. Now you have to be like Moses and not get down. And you have to be like Moses and take the stake, the staff, and put it in the water and open up. God spoke to Moses in Exodus, and you can read it in the message translation. When the, when the enemy was coming after him, the message translation says this, stop your crying and move this people forward. But all there was was a sea. There was no way naturally to the eye. But there is always a way in God. Oh, there is always a way. I don't see any way forward financially. There is always a way. Why do you think that we're we're doing what we're doing here? Brother John on Tuesday night, bringing wisdom of finances and and all, bringing all these gifts and doing all of these different things. We're we're not doing it to fill up a, a segment in a service. This is prayerful consideration on how we can constantly move a people forward. So that we're not crying constantly over lack. Oh, come on. Give the Lord something tonight. Come on, guys. We sometimes just don't need another, you know, just rah-rah session. What we need is to implement a plan. Go say that again. Sometimes we just have to implement a plan. Man, you're making me work tonight. Security, there's a, very, there's a very feisty lady on the front row. No, I ain't seen nothing yet. I know that. Ah. Woo, I sense the Holy Ghost. 
In, in Proverbs 24, 3 to 4, in the Living Bible, I want you to, to write that in there somewhere. I know probably you don't have a Living Bible, or maybe you've got your, your iPhone going. Um, I laugh so hard <laughs> when Elon Musk says that if Apple blocks me or Google blocks me, I'll just make my own phone. <laughs> That's power, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, that is the head. That is a demonstration of being the head and not the tail. He walked into Twitter with a sink. Hoping that what just happened would sink in to every employee on and Twitter. Let this sink in. He walks in with a prophetic picture. And then he says, if they block me on Apple or Google, I'll just make my own phone. Well, the person that puts the satellites up and all these different, I don't think he'll have any issue making a little phone and millions will switch to it <laughs> i love it he's an influencer he's on a mountain <laughs> come on how many people pray that elon musk needs an encounter with the holy spirit pray for him because I'm telling him, if he came on into the kingdom of God, my, wow, that's the wealth of the wicked right there. Oh, thank God Sam came back. We got, we got some anointing in this house now. Praise the Lord. Let me so appreciate Sam over this last couple of weeks being with us. heading off for vacation for three weeks and to his country overseas. He hasn't seen his family in three years. And uh, stretch your hands towards him right now. Father, we just thank you for this precious man. Father, let these next three weeks in his life be some of the most glorious, memorable moments that he will have personally and that Father God, his family will have together. Show them, Father, such a powerful, wonderful, glorious time as they spend time this Christmas together. And we plead the blood over you, Sam, as you go, over the plans that God has for you. In the name of Jesus. And we declare that the goodness and mercy of heaven shall follow you all the days of your life. In Jesus' precious name. I declare this over you. Father, raise them as a sign and a wonder. Let them always be small in his own eyes. as you use them for your glory. And everybody said a big amen. amen. Let's read this scripture. And it's from the Living Bible. 
And this is a scripture that Craig Watson constantly says, constantly says, Pastor Craig. In Proverbs 24, 3 and 4, the living Bible, any enterprise is built, every, any enterprise built by wise planning becomes strong through common sense and profits wonderfully by staying abreast of the facts. And that is what God is doing. Knowledge is increasing. Knowledge is increasing. And I declare that over your life tonight, that we stop cursing our lives and we truly start to bless our lives. And that we don't see things that we don't know how to do as an obstacle to our success. I've been declaring it, even praying in the spirit, Lord, help me stay teachable. Let's just pray that over our lives right now. There are things that the Lord is gonna require us to do. We may need to take courses for that. We may need to do something about that and it may be so uncomfortable that you wanna cry and throw a fit. But the Lord wants to increase us. Knowledge, He wants us to know how to do things. Hallelujah. What would stop you going back to school? What would stop you doing a course? Come on, receive this. What would stop you? Remember I told you the testimony? When I left school, I didn't get the grades in English that I wanted. And it wasn't because I didn't have the brains. It's just that I didn't apply myself to the time necessary. So, I just did what I had to do. And my teachers constantly wrote on the report that if charm was a subject, Paul would get straight A's every time. But unfortunately, people don't employ just charm. <laughs> we can hear you. <laughs> Thank you for those directions. <laughs> And everybody on stream can hear it. <laughs> and I married, and I think we had Zachary. And I said, you know, I really believe the Lord wants me to go back and get the grades in English that I should have got. And I went. I sat there. And they asked me to write. 
part of it was all of that, you know, writing and all of those different things. And I wrote about how our world changed in the second of a thin blue line. You're asking, what on earth is that? It was the pregnancy test. And I wrote this whole thing and I took it to our lecturer and I thought I'd done something wrong because he once said, I want to speak to you before you leave. And, uh, and he spoke to me and he says, you can write. You have a gift to write. I talked about how Karna myself sat there on the, she sat with her knees up in her chest. I walked around, I can still see it today. Our whole bedroom was decorated in blue Italian spode. And I laid it out there and the guy said, I was actually in there with you as I read it. And I ended up getting an A star, A asterisk. The highest mark that you could get for that whole course. The Spirit of the Lord said to me, I did this to prove to you that you have what it takes. Sometimes God wants you to do things like that to prove to you that you have what it takes. So that when the double guessing wants to kick in, how many people have ever had that? When the double guessing wants to kick in, then you can speak to that double guessing and say, no, not today. I have what it takes. And let's just receive this from the Lord. Don't, don't be surprised if the Spirit of the Lord asks you to do something like that. To increase you in knowledge. Doesn't matter what your age is, how old you are. Doesn't matter. God sometimes just has to say, you know, let's do this. Because this awaits and I know that you want it now, but you will be better prepared. Let me pray over you right now. Some of you just need to do like a business course. Some of you need to do a course on finances. Hook up with John. Speak to him. We're going to get a class going here at church. Because we're setting you up for success. I declare over you the best is yet to come. Here's the kicker, is that when you get with the teacher that knows, knows more than what you know and has produced what you want to produce, it's going to be required of you to do things that you may not want to do. And that is where the rubber meets the road. But I declare over you, I will do everything that needs to be done to accomplish everything that I've been placed here.
to accomplish. In Jesus' precious name. Are you glad you came to church tonight? The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord makes His face to shine upon you and gives you peace.